a young perspective on hot-button issues around the world. This is The Hub. Hello and welcome to this special program. We're exploring the green cities around the world. Now, cities bear the brunt of the climate crisis, but the good news now is unprecedented actions are taken at sub-national levels, especially at city levels. That's why we'll be having a conversation with mayors from around the world. Beyond the city limits, a global green alliance is flexing its muscles. Meet C40, a global network uniting the world's leading mayors in the fight against the climate crisis. Let's hear from C40's executive director, Mark Watts, sharing with us the alliance's green credentials and initiatives. So we have the biggest cities in China, the biggest cities in the United States, in Europe, uh, in Africa, Latin America, Southeast Asia. Primarily what we do is we bring the leaders of those cities, both the mayors, the politicians and the technical uh, leaders together so that they can learn from each other and so go much faster. So they don't have to work out how to develop a low emission zone for the city to reduce emissions from traffic because London's already been pioneering this for 20 years and can share its experience so that many other cities uh, can copy it. But we also create um, a platform for those local leaders so that they can inter influence the intergovernmental, the, the broader international debate on climate. Because what we see actually is these, these major cities, a quarter of global GDP is produced in them just within our 100 members, about 800 million people. But they're reducing carbon emissions much faster than their respective nation states in most instances. So 75% of our member cities are cutting their emissions faster than their respective national governments. And for this episode, we're in Chengdu, where we'll be having a dialogue with Wang Zhihua, deputy mayor of the city. He knows a thing or two about climate change, and in fact, he has dedicated much of his adult life to the cause of the environment. We'll be learning more about how this southwestern Chinese megacity going green. Mayor Wang, Chengdu is a member of C40. Uh, that is a group incorporating 98 cities around the world to fight climate change. What did Chengdu learn from the rest of the world and what did Chengdu offer to the rest of the world? As a member of the C40, Chengdu announced at the 28th UIA World Congress of Architects that we are initiating a pilot project to build a green and prosperous city. Chengdu collaborates with other pilot cities like Copenhagen, Barcelona and Rio de Janeiro to promote the healthy development of society and individual communities by sharing knowledge, experiences and best practices. Beyond actively participating in technical exchange events hosted by C40, Chengdu also organizes his own exchange events. We invite peers from around the world, especially city leaders committed to driving green and low-carbon city development, along with experts and scholars, to come to Chengdu. Here they can share their experiences, and we will humbly learn from them. We will also share our experiences, not just in Chengdu, but also tell the green development story of China across the country and the world. Mayor Wang, Chengdu says it wants to build a park city or um, a city within the park, quote-unquote. How is the city faring so far? 
Creating a park city demonstration zone in Chengdu is not just an initiative; it is a historical responsibility and a mission given to us by the CPC Central Committee and the State Council. It represents Chengdu's commitment to the national strategy of innovation and entrepreneurship, promoting sustainable development and addressing climate change. The Park City Demonstration Zone is more than just a city with green landscaping. It embodies a deeper concept of low-carbon sustainable growth. All sectors, including scenic areas, public institutions, industrial enterprises, industrial parks, and even residential communities, are encouraged to take actions to reduce carbon emissions, contributing to the development of the Park City Demonstration Zone in various ways. Grassroots efforts in streets and towns mobilize and encourage residents to actively participate in this transformative initiative. These efforts are close to the residents' lives and are impactful and widely embraced. Examples include the vertical greening of balconies, green installations, and designated spots for shared transportation tools. These initiatives have made the concept of green development more visible, thereby inspiring more active community involvement. Welcome to our Sky Garden. In our old urban district, fulfilling people's park dream means tapping into the potential of the urban spaces. For instance, the old district has many unused rooftop spaces. If we transform them into parks and gardens, it will undoubtedly help our residents fulfill their dreams of having a neighborhood park. We've developed this new grass variety in cooperation with the Sichuan Academy of Agricultural Sciences. It has shallow roots, only three centimeters deep. It not only preserves the waterproofing function of the rooftop. But it's also maintenance-free. When leaves fall, they can reroot and grow new vegetation. Thus, we aim for a one-time setup to reduce maintenance costs, and they can allow for extensive adoption of this grass throughout the city. Our residents here love the Sky Garden very much. A park is more than just an ecological environment. The most important aspect is public participation in co-creating and sharing a beautiful living space. Before Park City transformed our communities, green spaces were distant echoes on city outskirts. Chengdu redefined the story, integrating parks into the urban fabric. It's not been all roses along the way, and it took time to turn Chengdu's city space into hues of gray and green. You've been here for what a year so far. On what have been some of the most thorny challenges? I believe the greatest challenge lies in changing mindsets. It's crucial for the whole of society to recognize and support the concept of building a park city demonstration zone. This is both our largest source of motivation and our biggest challenge. Effectively addressing climate change and building a green and low-carbon society requires not only the leadership from the CPC and the government, but also the collaborative participation of businesses, the public, and social organizations to create a true synergy.、Um, when it comes to carving out a unique low-carbon path for this city of twenty-two million, around twenty-two million. Residents,、um, how did you go about doing that? We planned and initiated the development of 24 near-zero carbon community pilots, 10 of which are residential communities. 
These near-zero carbon communities are home to industrial enterprises, workplaces, industrial parks, and scenic areas. Particularly, the involvement of ten residential communities highlights the support from ordinary citizens to this initiative. Their participation has sparked enthusiasm and creativity among residents. There have been many valuable experiences, methods, and measures in building these near-zero carbon communities, which are pivotal in garnering support for widespread implementation. One obvious example is the treatment of organic household waste. The communities employ green and low-carbon technologies for small-scale, convenient, localized waste processing. At its peak efficiency, a community can locally dispose of up to 80% of its daily organic waste and produce low-carbon organic fertilizers available for residents to use for free, thus fully encouraging their enthusiasm. 居民呢，首先呢，会把垃圾拿到这个地方来。Residents bring their garbage here to be weighed. We have volunteers who record the weight of each household's waste and give them points that can be exchanged for various goods. The residents really like this system. Through this facility, waste can be transformed into fertilizer within 72 hours. Our organic waste fertilizer is completely odorless. And the fertilizer is excellent for growing flowers, very much sought after by residents. This site used to be the community's garbage room. Local disposal of waste helps to avoid transporting it into the city. The cost of processing a ton of waste like this is about the same as transporting a ton of waste to an incineration plant. This facility can process up to 300 tons of waste annually. In the past, three truckloads of garbage were collected each day. To remove waste from this community. Now only one is needed, as two-thirds of the waste is processed on site. In this small community, waste is turned into fertilizer. It might seem like a small step in the vast green landscape of a megacity, but let me tell you, it is a giant leap for a planet that is grappling with a deep crisis. Climate change is not some far-off concept; it is right here with us. Felt in every season. Beijing suffered the worst flooding in the past 70 years this summer, and actually this year, 2023, is the hottest year ever recorded for Northern Hemisphere.、Uh, what do you make of all this? What does all this say about the urgency of climate change? Our most tangible experiences of climate change are the changing temperatures and extreme weather events, such as heavy rains and seasonal contrasts. Actually, it affects every aspect of our planet and society, including agriculture, forests, biodiversity, and ultimately human survival and development. So, addressing climate change is a global responsibility. China has transitioned from being a participant to a leader in ecological and environmental protection. As a responsible major country, we have an undeniable duty to pursue green and low-carbon development. China has implemented a series of measures in this regard. The results of over 200 years of emissions since the Industrial Revolution need to be addressed collectively by humanity. We talk about doing away with existing sources of emissions and controlling new sources, aiming to achieve the goals of peaking carbon emissions and carbon neutrality as soon as possible. In this process, the efforts of every individual and organization are indispensable.
都是不可或缺的。We know that taking climate efforts is as complicated as it is complex for this megacity of Chengdu. It has to take into account so many factors, right? When you think about economic growth, that has to be sustained at a certain level so that there can be enough jobs created, especially for the younger population. So, how does social, economic, and financial factors coming into this equation? When it comes to Chengdu's efforts to fight climate change, pursuing green and low-carbon growth is not something we do because others ask us to. It's something we have to do. In response to the call of the CPC Central Committee, Chengdu is actively developing green and low-carbon industries and adjusting our energy and spatial structures. For example, in 2022, Chengdu's GDP accounts for 38% of Sichuan Province's GDP, with a population representing 25% of the provincial total. However, its energy consumption accounts for only 24.8%. Its carbon consumption just 18.7%. In this sense, Chengdu is moving towards green and low-carbon development. This process is the result of our early top-level structural and system designs, which promote major structural changes in four areas and gradually shift the city away from traditional energy-extensive production and lifestyle. To put this into perspective, Chengdu's clean energy penetration rate has already reached 60.7 percent, which puts us among the major cities in China. Across the Eurasian continent, Heidelberg in Germany is also committed to a zero-carbon future. Bolstered by a rich tradition of environmental initiatives, Heidelberg made history in 1992 as the first German city to implement a citywide climate protection concept. Today, we're honored to have Dr. Edgard Wusner. The mayor of Heidelberg to join us in this great conversation. He will share his insights into the city's innovative approaches and their profound impacts on fostering a greener and more vibrant community. Okay, Dr. Wurzner, welcome to the program on CGTN. Greetings from Heidelberg. Let's talk about your wonderful city,、um, Heidelberg, Germany. It has so many titles under its belt. Can you tell us about this green transition,、uh, which is multifaceted, of course? And let me ask you first of all about this passive housing project, which is one of the largest in the world. What is a passive housing, and how did Heidelberg build it? Yeah, you have to know that Heidelberg is a wonderful historic university town. Our biggest treasure is knowledge. And if you have the knowledge, for example, to build super efficient buildings like passive houses, which needed about 1.5 liter per square meter and year oil instead of 15 or 20, it shows the gap between the technical potential, and that's what normally a regular building standard is. And what we wanted to achieve in Harderberg is use the knowledge. Create a better perspective for your citizens. Create a better life for your citizens, and this will also cause, in in a global dimension,、uh, the global change question. Because if you are acting on the local level, you can show best practice example, and that's exactly what the citizens. Wanted to see from us. You have been mayor of Heidelberg for nearly two decades.、Uh, I still want to get your sense on how you pulled it off in terms of building this passive housing project, which is the largest in the world.、Uh, can you tell us how did you guys build it? 
the, the big discussion we had was uh, you, you you have a technical solution but uh, the national standard is much too weak and what we have done was uh, we owned the whole area which we wanted to develop so we're becoming one of the biggest landlords in our region and then we decided okay if you want to buy any piece of land here you want to build a house there a retail shop a sports gym or a medical institute whatever you have to accept the Heidelberg politically decision standard which is the passive house standard and by doing so we could achieve that every building is has to use the standards also if it's much 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 lower than the national standard at the beginning we had a huge discussion oh it's too expensive you can't pay it but no the people learned very quickly that you reduce the energy demand so rapidly that you save so much money that it's absolutely also economically it makes very much sense to use this higher standard in the mid-term and long-term strategy um, for a free yeah. market democracy like Germany was there resistance in the beginning some might say oh this is undemocratic this is anti-free market were there voices like that back in the day absolutely that's all the whole range you had we had at the beginning no Heidelberg building company who wants to accept this building standard because they said it's much too expensive but uh, we get a lot of people attracted who understand that this standard is the game changer in setting up future-oriented city areas and by doing so bringing also external people here to Heidelberg and they love Heidelberg they find it a great concept a great strategy which wanted to support this city of a walking distance you can achieve everything uh, bicycle city tram lines in the city green areas around this new city area and a reduction of the climate emissions of this city area by more than 85 percent that this is a future concept and over the years now everybody is a great fan of such a structure but at the beginning it was not easy it was heavily we had a lot of political discussions but uh those who have the knowledge in our city also our political board decided no we wanted to get a step further in developing this the city for the next generations Heidelberg is well connected is considered a major transportation hub and uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about under your administration how did Heidelberg make the very city more walkable and more cyclable reducing the carbon footprint the first thing is you have to attract the downtown areas as pedestrian areas. The second step is you always have to define a mixture. So not a city area where the people are working and a city area where the people are sleeping. So you have lots of transportation need. This is not a future concept. So we wanted to have a walking distance city, a, a urban city where you have everything in one area. So the new city areas, they have mostly in the center, campus, university campus areas, uh, small and medium enterprises, parks, pubs, and residential area. So it's a mixture. Second step, you have to expand your mass transport system. So trams and buses. 
And on the other hand, if you do so, you also have to take into account that bicycle driving is the cheapest, environmental friendliest way of also not only short distance, which was in the past the situation, also in the medium distances. Because by using more and more electric bikes, it becomes really a bigger movement also for medium and long term distances so that you can commute over five, 10 kilometer to downtown area or three, four kilometer very easily by using bikes and by expanding the bike lanes. So also bike highway lanes to the downtown area. We achieved that in Heidelberg, about 80% of the citizens are not using cars anymore. On the larger question of the role of government, um, uh, Mayor, Dr. Wusner, I want to ask you about this fine line between a policy and uh, unleashing the full potential of the free market. What are you doing on one hand in implementing all the standards and regulations and on the other hand trying to perhaps harness the energy of the free market engaging with NGOs and enterprises? I think uh, you won't achieve your goals if you're not integrating the enterprises. I'm a great friend of open doors. In many or in mostly every part, you have a wonderful technical solution, which it's a game changer. But the technical solution, it's not implemented because at the beginning, it's mostly a little bit more expensive or it's a little bit more unknown technique. So craft and trade chambers are not so convinced with this technology. They have to be trained. They have to be worked together with these new technical solutions. That's what we're doing. So we have huge, not only awareness campaigns, we have also advice teams outside who practice, who train together with the enterprises, the new product lines and in the new tools. And by doing so, you can change a lot. You can integrate the new enterprises. You can use private capital money, which is absolutely needed to implement lots of those new solutions. And by doing so, you really achieve that the economic development of your city, the social dimension and the environmental dimension is really equally combined in this new future concept. Uh, can you perhaps give us one mm. most striking story about this multi-benefits uh, that the green yeah. transition is bringing to the residents of yeah. Heidelberg? You have lots of schools. That you have just a small administration unit who is trying to make the retrofitting program for the schools. And you have also a package of money, uh, which is mostly not enough to renovate all the buildings and all the heating systems. So by bringing in private uh, companies, uh, giving them a revenue for one, two years, they will make the renovation, the retrofitting in your existing buildings, for example, your school building, they implement a new heating system, they make the renovation. Uh, we make a contract for five years, two years more is the revenue for the, the private company, but therefore I don't need so much money in my administration. I can uh, run those programs with a smaller number of, in the administration. And it's a game changer because in a very short period of time, I really can achieve my goal to reduce the energy demand, for example, of all schools and kindergartens in Heidelberg. And by running this program, we have reduced in less uh, than 10 years, more than 50% of the total demand of energy for all schools and kindergartens in Heidelberg.
So climate implementation strategy means quicker uh, achieving your goals and it's economically rentable for lots of companies, creates business and creates uh, employment. So it has a social dimension and it's also climate friendly. Amir Usner, our program features mayors from around the world, uh, particularly the C40 mayors, uh, of which uh, Heidelberg is a part of. Um, what do you want to say to your fellow mayors, uh, municipal leaders around the world, especially when it comes to the experiences of a green transition and the lessons learned along the way? Yeah, I think we can learn a lot from each other. So therefore, this exchange of our experiences is one of the leading points. The second point is that our voices are heard on the national and supranational louder. So for, uh, for the G7 process, for example, uh, in Europe and with Canada, US and Japan, uh, we're working now in a U seven process so that also cities can take over here in this process a leading position that we are part of the cop meetings that we implement not only our ideas our solutions uh, into these uh, political papers and then we achieve these uh, goals much easier that was the result of paris where we brought in a lot of energy uh, by bloomberg a lot of uh, Annie Hidalgo and many other mayors from the C40 uh, group who said, yes, we can do this. We wanted to achieve uh, these goals and we have to achieve these goals. So please use our tools, what we have already implemented uh, in cities here and there. Uh, finally, what are your thoughts on uh, the progress of China, especially at municipal levels, uh, when it comes to decarbonizing the Chinese society, the Chinese cities? I'm always very impressed because uh, at the beginning, uh, 15 years ago, it was uh, a lot of discussion what China can learn from Europe or from Heidelberg or whatever. But this has changed. China is very active in the climate uh, policy and strategy. China is taking over lead position of implementing uh, huge megawatt uh, power plants in the field of renewables. Uh, is taking over a lead in the production line, uh, is taking over a lead in, in new product lines. When I think about uh, new fuel technologies like uh, hydrogen, uh, but uh, I am very much interested that we all uh, participate in this process, not just one country. It's a process where every country has to use very easily these new technology can get a very easy uh, way to use it also in a cheaper way to use it in a much higher demand. So China is a great example today. Dr. Wurzner, Mayor of Heidelberg, Germany, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That will do it for this special program. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Meng Guan, and I'll see you again soon.